Dr. Marty's suggestions are intended to take the place of formal in-office therapy and are for informational and educational purposes only, not an attempt to correct long-standing serious problems which should only be done under the care of a licensed mental health professional. The doctor is in. Welcome to Ask Dr. Marty on 107.9 WOLD, a weekly program focusing on you, your marriage, and more. Dr. Marty Tashman combines compassion, insight, and training with over 30 years of experience. Dr. Marty is a licensed marriage and family counselor, as well as a clinical social worker in New Jersey, a board-certified diplomat and author. It has been his mission to help couples stay together happily through difficult times while improving their quality of life. More information is available on his website, yourmarriagecounselor.com. Join Dr. Marty Tashman live on the Oldies 1079 WOLD talk line at 732-748-1079. 732-748-1079. Now, here's Dr. Marty. Well, good evening. It is Tuesday, and it's 7 o'clock, and it's our time to be together. And the good news is the shortest day of the year has passed, and now, going forward, every other day is going to be a little longer. And we have a lot to look forward to. I uh, just introduced myself. Uh, I've been here for a number of months, and I have my doctorate in clinical psychology. I also am a licensed marriage and family counselor, and I've written five books. And I'm looking forward very much to questions that you have. Last week, we had some technical difficulties, but it goes to prove, like therapy, if you hang in there with stuff, you make it happen. And our caller last week, she was persistent and she's going to be, she's on the line today and we're going to talk about her questions and as you have other questions it won't stop you from calling and you can also text me at 732-246-8484 732-246-8484 and i will look forward to any of your calls or questions and the talk line is 732-748-1079 there are lots of numbers Remember, you're the most important thing in this, in this program. Your questions, your thoughts, your contributions. It's about us as people trying to f- figure out things together. So Diane has been so patient hanging in there to make sure that we had the connection. I'm going to say hello to Diane and thank her for being here. And I can't wait to hear your question. And let's see what you and I can figure out together, okay? Okay. <laughs> Great. Hi, Diane. Hello. I was going to, for a moment, say I couldn't hear from my headset, but then <laughs> Sean would have a coronary. Okay. <laughs> Which would be All fun to watch him, was, but Can okay. you hear me now? Can you hear me now? That whole commercial. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's that? I can't even know. <laughs> All right. So it's good to... And by the way, the, the very best thing is they find that people who laugh and smile, they don't get sick as often. Well, they, that's good quality of life and we're just proving to everybody else out there that's how it works yeah so you've had a week to think about your question and i am see if i can come up with some sort of answer let's talk about it together roll up our sleeves and figure stuff out okay (laughs) okay well i was um calling about um my husband and my relationship Mm -hmm. and uh he's he suffers with depression as do I, but mm-hmm. the medication doesn't seem to be helping him. It's not, you know, uh, mm-hmm. taken off the edge, mm-hmm. more or less, of the depression. And, uh, you know, he, he's constantly so down. 
mm-hmm. and it's really I really struggle to to like keep up with him as mm-hmm. far as how down he is and how how desperate he sounds sometimes mm-hmm. when he says things like uh, you know I'm just waiting to die. You're mm-hmm. like you know how do you how do you really deal with that? How do you talk back to that? That is an incredibly great question, and I know there are a whole bunch of people out there who are asking the same thing. And let's start with the base level, is a lot of depression is physiologically determined, and medication is a place to start. That's, you know, part one. And I'm assuming he's taking some meds. He is taking some meds, yeah. Okay. And periodically they get reevaluated, yes? They do, and but just as we're talking about it, I'm thinking maybe we should uh, mention it to the doctor. You know, I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, we have a really nice doctor. He's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a visit, just like talking to you on the radio. It's mm-hmm. just like a visit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> I always know if he's, <laughs> you know, here's everything we're... Mm-hmm. I don't know how seriously he takes it, but uh, maybe that would be a good, uh, another good option to sure. think about talking to him about it. Now, a couple of other things. Let's talk about my table, which is the emotional one. Okay. Are there particular times of the day that he is either up or down? I think in the afternoon, he works nights. Mm-hmm. And when he gets up, it's just like, uh, he just dreads the day. He's just like, you know, oh, here we go again. And, you know, I don't know. He literally drags his feet and... Mm-hmm. Has a hard time walking and doesn't seem stable, and then you know he goes off to work and and he functions pretty well as far as I can tell, mm-hmm. and uh, nobody would even know he was depressed. You know. Well, that gives us some cause for optimism because it means he's got some control over it. That's true. So I we don't want to condemn him, and your attitude. One of the things I can hear in your voice is you're trying to fix the problem, not blame the problem. Oh yeah, because. You know, it's it's stuff is hard, you mm-hmm. know. And um, he's a great guy, mm-hmm. but he is so down. I mean, I like I said, uh, there's so many times when he'll come and tell me a joke, and I always say, "Is this a, a re- did it really a guy walk into the bar, or are you just kidding me? <laughs> is this really somebody really walked in, mm-hmm. or is this a joke?" And uh, mm-hmm. you know, so he's he he can be you know warm and friendly and and telling me jokes and stuff, but then the other side of the coin is that he's just so down, like he can't, he oh. can't see, well, like I said, he said he's just waiting to die. I mean, I don't know what you say to that, or how you deal with it. Well, first of all, it's got to scare the heck out of you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you love him, and you're hoping that he doesn't will himself to die. Yeah, and I feel bad for him that he hurts so much, you mm-hmm. know? And rather, and that's a great place to start. And for other people who have spouses that are depressed, is it's hard a not to have it contagious, and b not to be angry at the other person for bringing us down. Yeah. So let me make a couple of very concrete suggestions. Okay. Um, one of the things that we know is what you tend to measure and become aware of. You tend to be able to change. So I would like him to. Have a piece of paper or a pad or something with him, something that's easy for him to, to get to. And notice when he's feeling better. Oh, okay. Again, what you measure tends to change. So notice when he's feeling better is a good place to start. One of the things I suspect is different times of the day, he'll feel different ways. Yeah, I, I, you can almost see it when you're with him, you know, that something will change and it, it's, 
you know, better or worse, you know. Now, the fact that he works in the evenings might be his metabolism might be re-geared as well. So yeah. the morning is a draggy time for him. It really when is. You're physiologically, when you're down as part of it, that the afternoon, moving into the evening, when he has to be his sharpest, yeah, that's when his body, if it wasn't originally, it may well readjust. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like, you know, he likes his job, and mm-hmm. when he goes there, he's kind of his best self, you know. Mm-hmm. So and that's a good sign, too, right? Oh, yeah, it's a great sign. And ask him if he's willing to just put the time of day down when he's feeling better. Oh, that's a good idea, yeah. That's all. And let's see if we can find a pattern for him feeling better. Yeah. Also, when you have a conversation with him, say one of the things that seems to be pretty clear is that though he is not in total control of it, he must have some control because he's not depressed at work. That's true. Because And I always thought that that mm-hmm. was what was depressing him because he had to go to work, but mm-hmm. he seems to... He seems to like his job, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that he does his job well. He does, yeah. And you said before he gets positive feedback? He really does, yeah. Everybody's always glad to see him, and, you know, mm-hmm. he's such a great guy, you know. Mm-hmm. But when he's down, he's really down, you know. Well, so we're going to, I have a whole bunch of other suggestions, but the first part is let's mark out when he is. By the way, how is he with music? He's great with music. And I, I try to, you know, put all these on and stuff, like on the radio station. <laughs> you know what radio station I think you should listen to? Yes, 107.9. Uh, <laughs> point five, <are> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to, you can change it up and go 95.1. All right. yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, whichever. So, and not to have so a that com- does seem to help, mm-hmm. you know, okay. um, when he hears, you know, all these. And- Was it possible to put music on in the morning? Uh, yeah, I guess after he gets up, maybe, that mm-hmm. was when he first gets up. That'd, you know, be, that'd be a great idea. He brushes his teeth, he goes through his morning routine, and putting some music on, and music that he likes that changes his mood. I'm writing this down. Sure, <laughs> sure. That would, I think that would really, because, you know, that's when you actually see him smiling. Yeah, I want to check with my engineer here. Sean, do you know any good uh, morning guys? Might have Sean Ryan in the morning, but all right. <laughs> He's a good guy. <laughs> but Sean Ryan in the morning. Yeah, huh? there you go. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's a place to start. Now, the, the next thing is, is he physically has trouble moving, yes? Yes, he does. Oh. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's diabetic. He's got some... Um, problems with his veins and his leg and you know it kind of it's swollen and it's hard to sometimes walk and his shoes don't always seem to fit him so we go through the routine we try to find better shoes and and we have and we've gone you know to that point but it's still his leg still swells and he still has pain you know so here's the next thing to consider is i'm considering he is mature like i am in terms of uh, age (laughs) yes he is okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so we're going to, for the time being, call him a senior. Yes, he's a senior. He's okay. Six, he's 66. Okay. How about yoga for seniors? Oh, that would be good. You get that in the library for free. That's a great idea. I'm writing this, like I said, I'm writing this down. <laughs> okay, because I'm going to forget what I said at my I age. I know, me too. <laughs> 
up and be like, it was so nice to talk to Dr. Marty, but what did he say? <laughs> so, and, and by the way, to give you some idea, for us seniors, what they do is when you do yoga, you use a chair. Oh, okay. You can hold onto a chair. And just sem simple, gentle stretching with holding onto a chair gets the blood circulating and starts to activate the muscles. That might take away some of the pain, huh? But it will have a Because if you go to physical therapy, that's part of what they do. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I never went for physical therapy. So this is his own physical therapy piece, whether Before, it's yeah. yoga for seniors or it is there are other programs at all. You can ask the librarian for it. And I like the idea of the, the price seems right. Yeah. And by the way, any of the stuff that I suggest, he should only do it for anywhere from two to six minutes. Oh, okay. Now, so he doesn't get overwhelmed, kind of? Exactly so. Because we can do pretty much anything for two to six minutes. Even I could do it for two to six minutes. There you go. And here's the other thing that's really interesting, too, is sometimes I lie to myself. I say, I'm only going to do it for four minutes, and then I cheat and do it for six. Yes. <laughs> the idea is is crossing over the threshold from not doing to doing. That would be great, yeah. Right? If you don't do, the idea of doing something becomes overwhelming. If you say, I'm only going to do it for a few minutes, and once you're in the movement of it, that extends it because it's not a big deal to increase it once right. you started but getting started that's tough for any of us yeah it really is and uh, you know people who do exercise and stuff they make it sound so easy but to actually do it is you know you have to force force yourself until you get used to it now in line with that in terms of the physical stuff the other thing to do is to do some easy meditation again for 30 seconds to a minute okay sitting up in the bed and counting 20 breaths in or five breaths in and out okay. get the air circulating within your body so then it's, it's everything's moving better exactly so and my point is don't do both of those things pick which one you want to do Oh, okay. And then notice which one seems to be of value. Sounds good. Because, and my sense is this will make sense for you, and you may already know it is, but the mind and the body are intertwined. Oh, yeah. When the, mind, when the body is moving, it's hard to be depressed when you're moving. That's true. Once you get involved in something, you don't think about it. Because mm -hmm. you're thinking about what you're doing, and that's, that's better, right? Exactly so. So... Let's move on to some other possibilities. Okay. Right? Is notice what he says to himself, and this is something you can advise him. What do you say to yourself when you're feeling like garbage? Well, I can tell you one thing he does say all the time is he's sorry. And I'm like, I'm sorry you're sorry, but what are you sorry for? <laughs> I don't know. Did something happen? <laughs> you know, it sounds like he's apologizing for breathing. Yeah, that's, that's what I think sometimes. I'm like, it's really okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but You know, um, what else could he say? When, give me an example of what he says when he says, I'm sorry. You know, it could be anything. I'm sorry I didn't see a tissue fell on the floor. I'm sorry I didn't get the dog out. I'm sorry I didn't, you know, and I'm just like, it's okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I don't know. Um, uh, sometimes I'll talk back to him and say, you know, I got this. I was going to pick the tissue up. You know, <laughs> I know that's a 
small thing, but I mean, just that's how hardy harsh he is on himself, you know. Mm-hmm. But um. Well, what we want to do is what we're struggling with is finding a way for him to. What else could he say to ask him other than he's sorry that wouldn't in some way make him feel worse about himself? Well, you know, sometimes it's if if I was going to do it anyway, he could just say, "Were you going to get that, or did you need me to get that?" I know that sounds like a joke, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know that that he's acknowledging that I'm doing it, but not uh, he doesn't have to get up and do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In some way, Especially with the dogs. Out. I and mean, the dogs, you know. <laughs> it's terrific. And reaching out to him. Now, I'm going to ask a favor of you, please. Sure. I have this favorite cause that, I really, that I'm really very much um, uh, connected with. I'm going to ask that we take a minute and a half break while we oh. both think about things to continue with it. The time goes so quickly when you're there. It really does, yeah. And I have a whole bunch of other suggestions. Okay. But I, I, I happen, I, I, I'm thinking that you're an animal person. Oh, yes. And so we're going to say Can't something. Can't you hear the dogs barking the whole time I've been on the phone? There you go. I thought I heard that. Yes. <laughs> Sorry so about that. So what I'm going to do is take a quick break for sure. something that is really important to me, and I suspect you're very much in agreement as well. So hold on. I'll be right back with you. Okay. Thank you. How much is that dog in the window? Hi, this is Dr. Marty. As a pet owner myself, I'm very much interested in helping cats and dogs find their forever home. I want to encourage you to help a wonderful organization called New Beginnings in East Brunswick. There is a way you can help that to happen by volunteering, donating, or adopting a pet. You can reach them at 732-238-1348-732. 238-1348. They're located at 706 Cranberry Road in East Brunswick. They're open on Tuesday and Thursday, 3 to 7 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 12 noon to 4. This small shelter does an amazing job using only volunteers. These people are really people who care. Please mark March 9th on your calendar from 7 to 9 p.m. with a night of shenanigans and a great time and a wonderful cause. You can find out more information on their Facebook page. Again, you can contact New Beginnings at 732-238-1348 and I promise you, you will feel better for it. Two of us can't use a little bit more love in our lives. How much is that dog in the window? I do hope that doggy for sweet real really sweet and i'm glad to have a chance to do that i want people to reach out and to find special pieces of love in their life oh yeah you, know? you can't even express how your pets mean so much to you you know but um oh. we've always had shelter pets so you know i think it's wonderful you're helping them out that way well, thank you for understanding, and you're right there, and we both know how special it is to have pets in our lives. Yeah. So, let's go back to, I, I meant to ask you, how does your husband react to your pet? Well, <laughs> he really likes our dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, we're puppy-sitting for the neighbor's dog next door, and this dog has, like, just become like a second limb to John. I don't know why. Hmm. He's a little tiny chihuahua. Mm-hmm. And John's crazy about our our dog, mm-hmm. Buddy, who lives with us all the time. But now Willie's over and he's and he he just make they make him smile. Yeah. You know? They just make him smile. And now Willie is uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> making him smile too. <laughs> so maybe you could point out to him that whether he does the exercise, whether he does the breathing Maybe he wants to spend a little bit of time with 
the dog. That would be a great thing to rem- just even even though he does do it to some expense, extent, mm-hmm. but to like make him realize that that that's what he's already doing and how nice it is for him and for uh, Buddy. What happens? We do things, but we're not mindful of the response that it generates inside of us. Yeah. And if you say, you know, hon, um, I noticed that you and your dog's name is is Buddy. Buddy, you and Buddy do pretty well together. They do, yeah. You know, and if you maybe, after you've been up for a few minutes, make a special time to, to give him a hug, give him a kiss, pet him, talk to him, just for two or three minutes. Yeah. I'm sure that on some level he does that with Buddy. But he does. That but being said is is to be to do it consciously with a direction. Because part of it is, is, is if he doesn't feel depressed, he'll have more physical and emotional energy. Yeah, you don't think about that, really. No. Nope. So that would be another possibility. But but as they say with the slicers and diapers, the dicers, there's still more. Okay, here's where we go with there's still more. Is when he's feeling better and the two of you are together and he's not working, ask him what positive sentences he could say to himself. Oh, okay. And to write those down and to have them by the bed, by the kitchen, on the refrigerator, things that he could say to retrain his brain for self-talk. That's a great idea. Um, the, the, the record in his head is so negative that anything mm-hmm. that he could think of to be positive about himself would really be helpful. What happens is, is we program ourselves towards something or other, and if we have a history of negativity and had a difficult childhood, we program ourselves to the negativity. Yeah. So, what we have to do is spend some time and some energy to reprogram it to to cover over the negative program. It's really insidious, isn't it? Oh, it really is. I mean, you don't really think about it that way until you start, you know, think about it. Yeah, trying to take it apart and say, you know, it's so, insidious that you just automatically go to the negative. How part of it is this awareness that we think that the way we are is the way we have to be. Yeah. But if you don't think that the way you are is the way you have to be and that you can reprogram it, then you keep doing it a number of times to reprogram it. Uh, Here's a question to ask your husband is when he first started in the hospitality business and he was tending bar, how much did how well did he know how to mix drinks? Oh, he he started it right when he was like 18 and, you know, he knew a guy who hired him like a kid. He was a kid and he taught him everything he knows, he knew, and John has been doing it ever since. And the way he learned it was by practicing it. Yeah, yep. So why not take the same practice skill set that he has for mixing drinks and learn to mix up a little bit the negative talk into the positive talk? Oh, that's a great idea taking the same skills and the same follow-through that he uses in one way and using it to make his brain feel better, which is now going to have a response in terms of his physical being. It's going to have a response in terms of how he thinks of himself, his health, his level of pain. They're all connected to each other. Well, you don't really think about it in that term, in those terms. So, yeah, so there are things, as, as you and I talk about it, you'll come up with some creative things as well. Yeah, it's it's making me feel better just in general because um, we're thinking of things we could, we could do that, you know, aren't going to upset John more. 
And, you know, and here it is, too, is, is now let me go to another dimension. Okay. When you try really hard or when you're trying, how positive are you? I try to be positive. I do. But, you know, I don't know if I always am. Well, why don't we take this phone call as an example of your ability to be positive? Oh, okay. <laughs> right? And if you replay this phone call in your head, and by the way, folks, you can, if you're interested in the program, you can always go to yourmarriagecounselor.com and see this radio and hear this radio program. It'd be great if you could see it. Hear this, <laughs> hear this program again. It'll be posted in the next few days to a week. So folks that would like to rehear it, it'll be there for you, along with uh, programs on addiction and uh, infidelity and uh, um, how to make your relationship work. There are a whole bunch of things there for you. It's just a library of things for those of you that are interested in a, a variety of issues. But anyway, let's go back to it as part of it. If you were to replay this in your head, notice the tone that you're approaching this, all the positive things that you've done. You made the phone call last week. It didn't work. You made the phone call this week. Your attitude toward the program, toward your husband, in general about what you can do to fix this is a real example of how much positivity you carry inside of you. Aw, thanks. I didn't think of it that way. But, well, uh, that's what we're doing together. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, and so, I'm sorry, okay, what were you no, going to say? No, I was just going to say that was nice of you to say. Uh, well, you're very welcome, and it was well-deserved. So my point is, before you engage your husband... Uh-huh. I'd like you to take a couple deep breaths and take your emotional pulse. Okay. Where are you when you go to engage your husband? How much are you tired? How much are you frustrated? How much are you annoyed with him? And yeah. how do you gear yourself in a place where you're positive to start off the conversation? Yeah, because if you're going to start off negative, that's, what, that's not going to do anything. Exactly right. And also, how proud are you of your efforts to try and save your husband's life oh shucks <laughs> <laughs> is it anything that isn't accurate you're trying to save his emotional if not his actual physical life oh well i hope i hope so you know i hope whatever can help but you're right and uh anything i can see him doing that might help him feel better is going to help me feel better and the family i mean yep. it affects our daughter it affects everybody you know yep even the dog. Even the dog. No, the dog doesn't seem to notice. <laughs> He's just, hello. He's so happy go. to see us when we come home. <laughs> Bring some cheer into your life. Yeah. Well, I think together we've gotten a couple of possibilities of things yes. you can do. Thank you so much. You are welcome. And thank you. Your side of the show and I were talking when we were having the, uh, the commercial about the, the shelter about how terrific you are and how much you carry a conversation and how much you bring to the table. Aw, shucks. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. We're going to invite you again to call when you're up to it. Okay. And let us know how all this works. And I got my list, so right here. <laughs> that is terrific. So I thank you so much. And the people who can identify with it, I'm sure they're pleased as well. But it's, it's been a real pleasure. The time has flown by. And, again, we so appreciate you giving the call and your openness and your, the way that you had the conversation flow. So we'll look forward to hearing from you again in the not-too-distant future, if that's okay. Sure. That would be great. And thank you for all your help today. That, you know, it just gives a positive outlook on, you know, something that I wrestle with, you know. Absolutely. Well, oh, thank you. 
to be continued, and you're okay. welcome. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, our pleasure. So I want to add on a little bit, folks. The program I was going to be talking about, and I plan to next week, unless we have a caller, Diane calls back, or another caller. And by the way, we'll look forward to hearing from you between the week, uh, during the week at 732-246-8484. You can text me, you can leave me a voicemail, or at drmarty uh, at comcast.net. You can ask questions, or we can pre-record the program. Again, our best programs are when they involve you. But next week, the topic I plan to talk about is afflicting 10%. 10% of America. It's an emotional issue that's really difficult. And uh, guess what? Yep, I just happened to have written a book about it. The book is about borderline personalities. And what makes a borderline personality? What, what, what was that you said, Sean, that there's a president that you know? No, I didn't say that because this is an apolitical program. Someone who never takes blame for anything, sees themselves as being invulnerable and realizes that it's never their fault, whoever that might be. But, the, and also has had trouble with a little bit of bending the accuracy of statements. An alternative truth. Anyway, we're gonna talk about that. And if you know somebody, just in general, seriously, 10%, and I'm gonna guess that's an underestimation of people who don't take responsibility. Number one is, is what causes that? And then what are the symptoms that we're looking for? What are the strategies to be able to relate to somebody about that? And if you're a listener to this program, I'm going to offer you, if you are interested, and send me a question or a comment. What I will be glad to do is send you a copy of the download book about dealing with relating to a borderline personality, otherwise known as a difficult person to live with. And it may be your spouse. It may be your child. It may be a parent that is difficult to live with. Now, I know most of the listeners out there do not have anybody in their lives who are difficult to live with, but for the few of us that do, and you're interested in what do you do with these folks, how do you relate to them other than shooting them, you know, what do you do? Well, what we can do together is is we can talk about strategies. First, we'll talk about how come some of these people become that way, what makes them that way. What do we do about that when we meet them on the road of our life? And it's an interesting phenomenon, too. When you're talking with these people, you walk away and your head wants to explode because you get so frustrated with them. Does it have to be like that? I don't think so. There are things you can do. You cannot change people 180 degrees, but you can move them off course a little bit from that narcissistic, self-involved kind of person. Not always, not all the time, but if we spend some time together and it can change it just a little bit, that'll go a long distance to both your peace of mind and feeling good about yourself, not having to swallow, take, absorb all that negativity. So if you're interested in that, well, join me t- next week at on Tuesday at 7 o'clock, and we'll be talking about that and a variety of other things, plus whatever I hear from you during the week. And we'll have a lot to talk about. And I am always grateful to you listening because the program is designed for you that are out there. So till I talk to you next week, be good to yourself and be good to the people that you love because it makes all the difference in the world. This is Dr. Marty signing off.
The views and opinions heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079 WOLD or SRN Communications.